This is the Wide Awake Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirsten Kazarian. As a child psychologist, I believe the most important part of the work I do is supporting parents by helping them deeply attune to their child and find their own balance of connection, nourishment, and inspiration. To do this, I lean on the practice of mindfulness. Join me in a conversation about raising our kids, raising our consciousness, and trying to stay awake. Welcome to episode 23, the second episode in our series where we're looking at how to support our teens as they navigate college applications and many other challenging firsts. In the last episode, I spoke with a brave and articulate teen, and she shared how she thought parents could support her and her peers best, specifically as they deal with college applications. But I believe that as parents, we can use this information for supporting them through whatever it is they're currently facing. The big picture here is they're learning to manage stress, responsibilities, and hurdles with their emotional wellness intact. So if college applications is not what has you or your teen up at night, stay with us. Just apply our skill-building suggestions to your own concerns. If you're a parent of a much younger child, I also encourage you to hang with us because it's never too early to start building these skills. The teen I spoke with said that feeling disconnected or even competitive with her peers is one of her main sources of stress. She also mentioned the need to backburner her own mental health due to her busy schedule. These are a couple areas we're going to focus on today, helping our teens stay connected to good stuff, why that's important, and what we can do as parents to encourage it. We will address her other suggestions in the following episodes as we continue this series. And if you've not listened to my interview with her yet, you can go back and hear it in episode 22. Parents know that mental health and social connections are important, but more important than getting good grades or following through on responsibilities, we often view achievement first and then check in on these other issues or only check in on them if achievement takes a total nosedive. But here's the thing. Teens are developmentally required in this moment to learn how to connect with society and with their own budding identity. It's hard to move forward in anything else without mastering these things first. So if you're someone who tends to look at grades first, there is no judgment here. Just recognize that and then commend yourself for your mindful curiosity for listening today. I've heard from teens and their parents about the pressure to compete and succeed for young people, a sense of diminishing opportunities fueling the desire to stand out and be the best. By building skill structures of coping and social engagement, we ensure a young person can sustain their health and their success as they move on to new challenges. 
The skill structures we'll discuss today are the ability to connect with peer and adult support systems, the chance to value and the ability to manage self-care, mindful management of technology. I honed in on these three structures today based on the concerns from teens I've spoken with, what we know about the developmental needs of teens, and finally, research on this current group of teens we're talking about, people who are teens right this very minute. In the U.S., we've been studying teens for decades. This information is often what's used when you hear things like, this generation's more narcissistic than that one. Psychologist Jean Twinge took all this data and wrote a book about the current generation of teenagers called iGen, why today's super-connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood, and what that means for the rest of us. Her findings shed some really unflattering light on social media use in this age group. As a psychologist that works with kids, this didn't surprise me. Teens are teens. They have innovative ideas. They're self-involved. They're insecure. They take risks. We wish sometimes they wouldn't. Teens have always been this way. But what makes teens different today is the society they live in, of course, and the technology they have access to. According to Twinge, iGens have poor mental health thanks to new media. She finds that new media is making teens more lonely, anxious, and depressed, and is undermining their social skills, even their sleep. iGens spend five to six hours a day texting, chatting, gaming, web surfing, streaming, and sharing videos, and hanging out online. While other observers have wondered about the impact, Twinge is clear. More than two hours a day raises the risk for serious mental health problems. Social media use, Twinge explains, means teens are spending less time with their friends in person. At the same time, online content creates unrealistic expectations about happiness, body image, and more, and more opportunities for feeling left out, which scientists now know has similar effects as physical pain. We hear all this as parents, and it can be easy to panic and then want to bury our heads in the sand. I encourage you to see this as an opportunity to manage technology mindfully and to teach your children how to do so. In my workbook on mindfully parenting your teen, I go through this and I talk about this process in some detail in episode 18, Is It Possible to Mindfully Manage Technology? A teen's relationship with social media is complicated, but a general way to assess if a decrease in their use is needed is if other activities like times with friends, family, or physical activity are lacking, or if feelings of anxiety and depression tend to follow tech use. Also, looking at any negative or dangerous consequences of time online, such as bullying or impulsive and inappropriate posts. 
decreasing screen time can be done with a behavioral plan and the whole family can follow it or by helping your teen increase their more nourishing activities or a mix of both. So what do I mean by nourishing activities? These are things that make your child feel competent, creative, or connected. And building connection is what we're moving on to next. Remember when you would schedule playdates to help your preschooler with their social skills? Well, as teens, they have a whole new set of social skills that they're ready to master and that are crucial for their social and emotional success, as well as their ability to function in college and in the workplace. If you have a social butterfly, embrace it. Help them make time to see their friends in person. And when you see them being the type of friend you would want to hang out with, someone that's patient, thoughtful, supportive, kind, acknowledge their skills. If your teen isn't socially engaged, tune in. How much is this impacting their esteem and their social skills? How are they spending their time instead? What does your parent gut tell you? You may need to help them with their schedule, show them where they have space and time to connect with others, and that you're willing to support their interest in doing so. And most importantly, how do you model connecting with others? The teen we spoke with felt that many of her peers got their competitive outlook from home and brought it to school. Think about the spoken and unspoken messages that are sent to your child about being connected to others or feeling separate from others. And remember that research shows that when we feel separate from others, we generally feel bad. And I would argue that this is where we get that desire to be special or better. While a sense of connection helps us to feel nourished, loved, and to see others and ourself with greater clarity. Another way to build in a sense of connectedness is to focus on the mindfulness skill of awe. When I think of awe, I imagine standing in front of a giant redwood tree, watching a school of fish glide left and right in sync, or looking at something a child built that I just didn't expect was possible. Research has found that awe makes us feel very small and like we're in the presence of something greater than ourselves. We also may lose awareness of ourselves and feel more connected to the world around us. Imagine the potential of this for our hyper self-focused teens. Since adolescence is a crucial period for identity formation, some researchers have suggested that adolescence is a particularly important time to experience awe. It could help them see themselves as deeply connected to the world around them, not the center of it. Inducing the uplifting experience of awe could also be a positive way to keep narcissism in check. Another concern from Twenge's book connects with what our teen had voiced in the last episode, that compared to previous generations, iGens believe they have less control over how their lives turn out. Instead, they think that the system is already rigged against them a dispiriting finding about a segment of the lifespan that's designed for creatively reimagining the future. 
The teen I spoke with described the competitive nature of her peer relationships, which may be caused by this sense of fear and scarcity for future success. Optimal amounts of competition are healthy and often fun. It can help us test our ideas or physical capabilities, but without sportsmanship behavior on the field or in the classroom, the joy and important lessons in competition are eroded. Not only is extreme competitiveness not going to make our kids internally very healthy, it's not going to get them where they want to go. I'm fascinated by this study where researchers looked at what many of us think of as one of the most competitive fields, a field where extreme competitiveness and even ruthlessness is absolutely necessary to survive. Wall Street. Analyses were run to see how psychopathy, another way of saying antisocial, so the opposite of social traits, narcissism, and Machiavellian tendencies related to the hedge fund manager's investing success. After controlling for the size and age of their firm and other factors, they found that managers high in psychopathic traits, so antisocial, non-social traits, performed significantly worse than those lower in psychopathy earning about $162,000, 15% less on a million-dollar investment over 10 years. And in another article on cooperative learning, researchers found students who cooperate with each other are not just more likely to do well on their shared projects, but it leads to positive relationships, greater psychological health. And while being competitive was associated with bullying, um, being sad, lonely, and anxious. So by supporting your teen's cultivation of positive peer relationships, you're helping them to find greater success in the traditional sense, as well as their emotional wellness. So as we think about preparing teens for the future, let's not only think about GPA and extracurriculars, check in with their social connectedness and encourage them to practice self-care. I talk a lot about teen self-care in detail in episode 15, which I mentioned earlier. Parents, we can encourage our kids to practice self-care by modeling it in our own routine and by letting them have time to rest and relax without feeling judged. Also, watching for and encouraging non-tech activities that bring them joy and calm. In the last episode, the teen I spoke with shared her new favorite calm activity was knitting, and though she didn't meditate, she felt that was her connection to mindfulness. We covered a lot today. We'll continue our series on supporting teen mental health in our next two episodes. Please share this episode with anyone you believe could benefit or give us a rating in iTunes to help other parents find us. If you have questions or suggestions for me, go to wideawakeparenting.com. I love incorporating your thoughts and feedback into the shows. I'll be attaching a bunch of articles we used for this episode to our show notes, which you can also find at wideawakeparenting.com by going to show notes and selecting episode 23. That is our episode. I'm Dr. Kirsten Kazarian, and until we meet again, be gentle with yourself, 
courageous on your path. And let's help each other try to stay awake.